Recorded live in the Fantasmo Lounge high atop the Lewis Dixon building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Fantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, piranha. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Tonight, we're going to be talking about that uh, Roger Corman Jaws tribute, <laughs> piranha. <laughs> You can say tribute or you can say ripoff, depending on your point of view. Corman looked at it as a tribute. It was a tribute in yeah. miniature. Multiplied. In miniature. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we think with the summer coming up here, uh, let's get into a summer movie. Uh, but in the same cult horror vein of what we usually talk about type of thing. And what better movie to kick off the summer, besides Jaws, than Piranha. <laughs> besides Jaws. <laughs> You know, I remember seeing this movie. First time I saw this was, of course, like m- many of these movies we talk about. Staying up late, young kid living at my folks' house, <sighs> junior high or younger, you know, and staying up late watching whatever late horror movie was coming on, and uh, seeing this one night, Piranha, and the commercials for whatever just look kind of cool. And I don't know if I'd seen Jaws at this point or not, but I remember liking it mm-hmm. when I first saw it. You know, it moves along at a pretty good pace, and especially, you know, kid, it has to, to keep your interest, you right. know. And we just watched it recently, and I, I enjoyed it again. Yeah. You know. I saw it for the first time, I don't know, maybe five-ish years ago. Yeah. Um, and then again, recently, when we watched it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, I actually pretty much remembered the entire movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, so... I was surprised and not surprised, yeah. which means that I actually like the movie. I didn't like block it out, yeah. so that's good. Well, I tell you, that there's three things that stick stuck with me from the first time I saw it. Yeah, that I remembered. One was Keenan Wynn, the old man sitting, and we'll talk about the cast in a minute. Mm-hmm. But he was sitting on the dock, and the prize attack his legs. Yeah, and he crawls up, and you can yeah. see his bony legs, you yeah. know, from the knees down. I, that stuck with me mm-hmm. for some reason. The scene at the end where he's underwater. Bradford Dillman and tie the rope and she takes off the boat and pulls him along with the rope. Yeah. That little scene. <laughs> and then the chaos of the people getting their butts bit by the prize in that water park <laughs> and the inner tubes and stuff. Well, why wouldn't you remember butts yeah. getting bit by piranhas? Uh, that was just funny. They, you know, they didn't play it for laughs. No, they didn't. Not at all. And it, the movie's not played tongue in cheek. Even with Paul Bartell in it, <laughs> uh, it's one of the few where he ropes it in a little bit. Yeah. Because usually he throws... A real tongue-in-cheek element, most anything he's in. Mm-hmm. And this, he's kind of just, you know, whatever comedy it is, is the character, not the situation. Mm-hmm. But there is no comedy, really. No, no, there isn't. Well, why don't we back up and start with the cast? All right, let's do that. Well, it's Joe Dante directed the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of the first, one of the first, if not the first, one of the first movies he directed. Okay. And he edited it. Mm-hmm. Edit, edited it? <laughs> I'll try English. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, he started out as an editor for Roger Corman. Right. And worked on a lot of Corman stuff editing. And see, I think he co-edited this. He didn't do the whole thing himself, mm-hmm. being directing. And of course, Corman produced it. You know, and if you don't know who Roger Corman is and you're listening to this podcast, you need to cut it off right now. Go Google Roger Corman and then come back and finish listening to the podcast. <laughs> and watch everything he's done. Yeah, because Corman, amazing guy. Maybe we we'll have love to do, Corman. We'll have to do this podcast just on Corman at some point, I think. That would be one you really know. long podcast. Yeah, we'll have to just pick I mean, how many different episodes have we done on Corman films? There have 
been many. Oh yeah, but I mean we're just on him, on you just know, him about him, and of course we touch on some of the films. Yes, you know some of the key films. I think that needs to be a uh, a panel at like MarsCon or something. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Yeah, we should. Yeah, it'll be a long one. <laughs> anyway, the rest of the cast. Okay, the cast. You got Bradford Dillman from Escape from the Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. Moon of the Wolf, Heather Menzies. Menzies. Don't say it. Is it? And Logan's Run TV show. Right. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, my God, from everything. Right. The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Keenan Wynn from everything. Barbara Steele. Barbara Steele. Barbara Steele. And of course, it would not be a Roger Corman movie without Dick Miller. <laughs> who, we Dick lost, Miller. who we lost recently. But Dick Miller, Corman put Dick Miller in everything he did. He's amazing. And I think this is the only movie he's in where he doesn't use the name Walter Paisley. Oh. Which was his name in Bucket of Blood, and yeah. he used that in almost All everything else. Yeah. In fact, Clint Eastwood, I heard a story a while back that Clint Eastwood would check into hotels, you know, uh-huh. and would use the name Walter Paisley oh. <laughs> instead of Clint Eastwood. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now, another thing about uh, cast and crew, John Sayles wrote the story. And John Sayles is a name. He, he's appeared in some movies, little bit parts. Mm-hmm. But he's a uh, name that turns up as a writer for a lot of other stuff. I mean, and just a few is Alligator, mm-hmm. uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, mm-hmm. The Howling, oh. of course, mm-hmm. and uh, The Challenge. You remember that movie? Oh, vaguely. That's one I need to get. Yeah. That's the one with Toshiro Mifune and Scott Glenn. Right. Where the uh, the Japanese family hires Scott Glenn, who's this down and out boxing, sparring partner guy to... to carry the family sword, smuggle it back into Japan. Yeah. And Mifune and his other guy, these two brothers, are fighting over the sword. He gets caught in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Really good movie. And the interesting thing about it, it was in the early 80s, I think, when the credits go by and you look, uh, fight choreography, Steven Seagal. Oh, wow. Before he got into making films. Right. Uh, I think that might be the only reason I I have any recollection of that movie. Oh, it could be. Was the Seagal reference. Yeah, I mean, it has a nice little Aikido. We, we've seen it together, I, I think. Well, I had it on VHS. Yeah, yeah. But I, I copied just, it I off a of cable. Barely you know? remember it. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually been released on DVD at all. I'm not sure. I have to look, up, look yeah. it up. But we digress. Like we do. Like we do. But yeah, so John Sales, you know, wrote the movie and has mm-hmm. written lots of other things. And he's a, you know, Corman guy, mm-hmm. too. The movie itself, the plot is, you know, pretty simple, pretty basic for this type of thing. Almost like a 50s yeah. sci-fi plot where... Yeah, it's pretty typical. Yeah. This couple, young teenagers or whatever, 20-somethings, go out, uh, walking out in the woods, looking camping at night or something, they find this abandoned military facility. So they go in and check it out, and they go swimming in this God knows why. If I saw No Trespassing, and it was a military facility, and it had like water tanks or pools, I wouldn't go swimming in it. (laughs) It's bizarre. There's these barrels around the pool or whatever. There's all kinds of things. Chemicals. It's nothing that looks appealing. Why any... And he even says, what if this is some kind of sewage treatment plant? And she's like, oh, it's not, and then shoves him in. Why would anyone want to go swimming in some bizarre thing like that and have no idea what it is? It's so weird. But God bless her for doing it, though. But if they hadn't, we would not have a movie. So no. here we go. And in the first 10 minutes, you know, we get a topless scene. So that's Indeed. good. So that's a plus in the, in the in the favor of the movie. There you go. But anyway, so they go swimming in it. And then, of course, there's 
piranha in there and attacks them and kills them both. Yep. Flash forward, the next scene, uh, the credits, is that before the credits? or I don't remember. Anyway, Doesn't matter. The credit, the opening titles are really cool. Oh, yeah, they are cool. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. But then it flashes forward to uh, Mel Cooley buying a ticket, a plane ticket or something. Richard Deacon has a little, they got him for a half a day's work on this. <laughs> uh, but it's cool to see him, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, buying a ticket for Heather Menzies, and she's finds what was a bounty hunter. She's like a, um, <laughs> yeah, investigator, bounty hunter. Yeah, investigator finds finding people. these two people went missing. So she's supposed to go find them. She's been hired to go find them. She ends up hooking up with Bradford Dillman. She finds him in his cabin on this in the woods here on the mountain, and he shows her where this military facility is because she saw it on the map. It's like maybe they got in there, mm-hmm. or so because nobody has seen these people. Yeah. So they go in there and they're looking around and. So, well, maybe they fell in here and drowned in this pool where we can't see. It's all black and murky. Well, of course, the only way to know is to drain this to pool. To drain the pond. Yeah, to drain the pool. So, they go up there and find the shut-off valve water and drain it, which releases the piranha into the stream because it drains into the, the river. river. So, they release the piranha. So, it's Heather Menzies' fault. Yeah, and they still don't know that they've done this until... Yeah, until <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, the crazy old coot who is still at the facility that's been abandoned. I can't remember why he was still there. Uh, he was the scientist guy that yeah. was kind of in charge of the place, I guess. And for some reason, he just never left. I don't know. I, I got the impression that maybe he was kind of in charge of just making sure they didn't get out. But I don't know. Anyway, so shenanigans ensue after Indeed. that. Indeed. Piranha attack a couple of people along the way. And further downstream, there's a summer camp. Yep. That's having their, whatever, Olympics events in the water mm-hmm. this day. And then further downstream from that is a uh, a water park. So like it's a not, resort, some kind of new yeah, resort. Yeah, so a resort. So you got one wasn't enough. No, <laughs> you got no. two places. So like I said, shenanigans ensue and people die and blah, 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 blah. So that's basically the movie. And they end up. It's a governmental conspiracy. Yeah, it's a government conspiracy to cover it up. Mm -hmm. So there's a little more going on in it Uh, than just people dying. Yeah, and don't they kill them by releasing more chemicals into the water or something? Yeah, yeah. There was, I guess, some kind of pollution at the the one end of the river just before it goes out into the ocean that had been contained somehow. But they behind they, a dam or something. Yeah, but yeah. they go down to the the release valve and yeah. So this is great. Instead of just letting the killer piranha out into the ocean, they uh they release all these nasty Toxins toxic stuff to into the him. river to kill off the piranha. But, but now there's all this waste yeah, in the but river. Wouldn't that kill off all the marine life? In yeah. There? <laughs> so I don't know which one's worse, but here we go. Yeah, but it leaves you with dun dun dun. Did it get them all or not? Right. Because then it shows the ocean. And what it is, is the piranha have been genetically bred to survive in uh, salt water. Yeah, salt water. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why if they get out in the ocean, oh, no, they'll bred and mate and blah, 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 and we'll all be doomed. So that's the basic thrust of the story. Though it was handled a lot better than the, you know, <laughs> I'm explaining it here. <laughs> of all the Jaws ripoffs, tributes, ripoffs, this was a lot of fun, though. Yeah. It, like I said, it moves along at a pretty good pace. The acting's not bad in it. I mean, we saw who's on the cast list. You know. Yeah, no, there's the, a lot of good people yeah. in this. The only one that, that I have a little trouble with is Bradford Dillman, actually. Yeah. With his fake Southern accent. Right. And playing the alcoholic, life is shit on me guy, you know. Yeah. Um, it's like, okay, whatever. 
but he's not bad. And everybody else is, is okay in it, you know. Yeah. And there's a few other topless scenes in it, which is quick flashes, which is a plus. Always good for Ralph. Always good. Uh, well, for, for anyone. a drive-in schlocky cult <laughs> movie, you got to have nudity in it. I, mean, I know, I know. You got to have, it's like Corman said, the three Bs. Beast, blood, and breasts. <laughs> that makes a good movie. And there's tons of blood. Yeah. That was one of the things, Um, one of the scenes where when Heather Menzies buys it, and they're pulling her underwater, and the piranhas are eating her. He wanted to reshoot that mm-hmm. because he says there wasn't enough blood. Not enough blood. So they had to pour more blood in, into the scene. Mm-hmm. And, oh, God, the way they did that, the poor girl. They gaff-taped the rubber, the piranha puppet, you know, whatever, all over her body. Mm-hmm. And then put her in the water, covered the gaff tape up. Yeah. And then, you know, pulled her through. They yeah, they, a rope they tied a rope to her. Yeah, and, and then pulled her so pulled she her. sank real fast, mm-hmm. you know. But apparently the gaff tape, you know, sitting under the sun and waiting for the shots and all with all that stuff on her, it kind of oozed and melted and got stuck to her. So getting oh, the gaff tape man. off was a pain. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah. But it looks cool. I mean, you can't tell under the water. It looks great. Yeah, and a couple of the other scenes I was I was reading, uh, and incidentally, Rick Baker was originally who they approached to oh. do the makeup and the effects. Yeah, but he couldn't do it; he was something else. So he referred them to Rob Botin. Okay, seventeen-year-old Rob Botin. Oh wow! Who this is one of the first things he really worked on. Hmm. I th- I believe this was one of the first. Did a bang up job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phil Tippett also worked on some of the stop motion stuff. Mm-hmm. Who later on figures into the effects world on everything. Mm-hmm. But some of the cool things they did with the piranha, and I love special effects. I love finding out how they did it, and, and yeah. you know, especially if you can't see how they did it. Yeah. The cheap stuff is fun to be able to see it, but seeing it, it's man, how effective it is. But then find out how simple the effect was right. made, right? Like you the know, piranhas on sticks. Look, yeah, and this you figure, okay, they can put them on the sticks and wave them around, but you'd see the sticks. Yeah. Well, the scene where they're on the raft, they're on that log raft, yeah, and the piranhas cool. are chewing up at the ropes because mm-hmm. the blood is seeping down through the raft. Yeah, so they're che- they're going after the blood, so they're chewing on the ropes. Well, you can't see they're wiggling around and and chewing. You can't see a stick or anything. So how the hell they do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they couldn't put little motors in them. Well, they had sticks in them, but they were through the top of the raft through their mouths. Yeah, so they're up on top of the raft and ha- pulling the piranhas up taut to the raft, and then just moving the sticks around. Yeah, it's genius. Yeah. And so it's a very effective, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, the close-ups of the big, the piranha mouths, that always looks cool. Yeah. You know? But you figure, it was such a simple effect to do, and it's very effective. Yeah. I, I forgot to mention to you that the uh, the sound that you always hear when the swarm of piranha show up. Oh, yeah. It's like buzzing bees or something. Well, you know what that was? No, was it the, bees? No, no. The or way they it? did that was they had a couple of dental drills. Oh, yeah. And they, they either put them just... Under the surface of the water, uh-huh. or they start them above the water, but filmed it from, but recorded the sound from underneath the water. Okay. So that's how they got. I that would sound. not have gathered yeah. that was a drill, but I, yeah. Another thing, another very simple mm-hmm. thing to do, but it's it gave a weird, weird, different kind of sound. It did. You know? It did. Yeah. Not that piranha would make that noise no. at all, but, <laughs> but but they had to have something. They had to have something. Know? Yeah. It um, always made me kind of smile when I heard it. Yeah, the actual the effects budget for this was fifty thousand, hmm. which was a lot for Corman to spend on something. And this was actually one of Corman's most successful films when it came out. It came out in seventy eight, so it's what three years after Jaws. Jaws right. two had come out by this point, mm-hmm. 
And uh, I mean, you know, God, you think of all the other Jaws ripoffs, Orca, mm-hmm. Tentacles, Tentacles, <laughs> Tentacles, uh, Great White, you know, The Last mm-hmm. Shark, Blood Beach, mm-hmm. which is one we might want to do sometime. Yeah, on here, and of course, Humanoids from the Deep, which we just talked about. Right. You know, what was the the Jaws on land that we? Oh, Grizzly. Grizzly, right. Yeah. yeah. We need to go back and watch that again and maybe yeah. talk about that. Because that's one of those that always comes up when yeah. people talk about this, you know, Nature Gone Wild movies yeah. and stuff like that. Or maybe we'll do a Nature Gone Wild podcast. <laughs> we have so many options now. Yeah. We could talk about Grizzly and uh, Food of the Gods and Day of the Animals. And <laughs> in the 70s, there was that Nature Gone Wild genre yeah. that came and went. True. Uh, Night of the Lepus, stuff like that, you know. Yeah. It was all in that little pocket of time that, and then it, poof, gone. You know, right? It's like the black exploitation films. Yeah, you know, everybody loves black exploitation movies. God knows I love them to death. Mm-hmm. And you talk about them, it's like you know, you, you when you think about it, you don't realize it was a small window of time. Yeah, it wasn't the entire seventies. It was only about five years worth of films, and then it kind of petered out, and then one or two would pop up here and there. You mm-hmm. know, so very weird stuff. You think was just going on for a long time, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was just like boom. But the impact that it leaves. Right. It, Jaws is is like that. It spawns so many, not se- well, it spawns sequels, which we aren't going to talk about. <laughs> but so many tributes or rip-offs. Uh, you know, maybe throw Octoman in there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Jaws gets re-released every few years for an anniversary. Yeah. You know, it still you know, packs people in. So, fantastic film. It would be cool to see uh, Jaws and Piranhas a double feature and oh see how many gosh. people would stay. <laughs> I would stay. Or Piranha and Tentacles as a double feature. <laughs> it's actually Tentacles, but I like saying Tentacles. <laughs> tentacles, Tentacles. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Sometimes there are some things that are just for me. <laughs> Another couple things about this movie that I found out, too, is Originally, Eric Braden, Eric Braden, was cast in the part that uh, Bradford Dillman plays, and Eric Braden, Planet of the Apes connection, mm-hmm. like Bradford Dillman, of course, was in Escape from Planet of the Apes. Uh, Eric Braden was Doctor Hasline in Escape from Planet of the Apes, mm. so you know they have a connection there. And he was cast. Eric Braden was cast and actually shot some underwater swimming scenes, but backed out to work on a better paying project or something at the last mm. minute. But they actually use some of his underwater swimming scenes. So now I need to go back and watch it and, and see if I can pick him out from Bradford Dillman, you know. Yeah, this is definitely a good a summer drive in movie. It'd be cool it'd be cool to see it at a drive in, I think. With a bunch of people. Of course it would. It's one of those that uh st- it stands out of that glut that was released. For me anyway, I think it stands out. I mean I guess other people have their favorites. I haven't you know, I've never seen Orca. I have So not I can't comment on that, but a giant great white killer shark is cool. A giant killer whale just, eh. <laughs> just eh, doesn't do anything for me. But piranha. Piranha, yeah, you know, little fish with razor sharp teeth. Kind of like those movies about dolls, that little dolls yeah. that come walking. And, you know, it's kind of creepy. It is. Oh, this thing, I tell you, this talking about the budget earlier, though, about the effects. The budget for the entire film was only $600,000, which is nothing for a film budget. Right. Even back then, yeah, it wasn't as much. You you talk about it being a ripoff of Jaws. You think, okay, Universal would be pissed off. And, well, actually, they did try to sue. Did they? Yeah. They attempted a lawsuit. But Spielberg saw an advanced screening of Piranha. Mm-hmm. 
and he loved it. <laughs> so Universal dropped the lawsuit. Uh. And he actually called it the best ripoff of Jaws that he had seen. <laughs> so he was all all on board with it. Yeah. So that's really kind of cool. Yeah, if you say it's a ripoff of Jaws, you're giving Jaws publicity by saying that. So why True. not? Right. It's not like they took the exact same story. Yeah. They kind of took the story, but not really. Yeah. I mean, you can say that about many, many different films, really. Yeah. I mean, it took the idea of, okay, it's a some kind of monster fish in the water killing people. Yeah. Same thing with any monster. Okay, there's a monster, and he's going through the woods killing people. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, it could be anything. Basic plot for anything. Yeah. And talking about the beast, boobs, and blood, when I saw saw this on TV and then seeing it unedited, it's not so much in it that when it's edited for TV, it takes anything away from it. Right. You don't feel like you missed anything. Mm. The bare tits in it are, are quick. Yeah. Flashes. It's not like long scenes of anything. The blood... You can cut that down a little bit. There's a couple scenes where that one where the chewed up corpse kind of rolls over up in the water, mm-hmm. which was actually modeled after Botin. He's uh-huh. modeled that after yeah. himself or Botin. Not sure how you pronounce his last name. Either Rob Botin or Rob Botin. I don't know. I apologize if I've been pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, you've always said Botin, but yeah. I don't know. But those little bits of things, just a couple scenes of like a corpse. I remember seeing the raw, bony, bloody legs on TV. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of quick. It doesn't linger on it. I think that's one thing too. It doesn't linger on it. it kind of the camera just kind of pans up the the blood trail and goes up the legs to the knees, and that's it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it's not slow. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about this is they always show they it, it's like they have eaten down to bone. The mm-hmm. the piranha leave nothing. There's no muscle, no yeah. no tissue, nothing. It's down to skeleton. Yeah. So you see the the dude's legs were hanging in the water and like to his knees or something. Yeah. So he's got nothing but skeleton to his yeah. knees. Bloody skeleton. And somehow he managed to drag himself. Sheer force of will. Yeah, a good 50, 100 feet or something. It was crazy. But I love the scene where they're on the raft uh-huh. and they have the, the scientist with them and he's... Uh, McCarthy. Kim yeah, McCarthy, McCarthy yeah. yeah. They come across the kid on the... Oh, the uh, overturned on canoe. On the overturned canoe, yeah. yeah. And then the kid has just watched his dad get, get eaten, eaten by piranha. Yeah. And he's, you know, slowly the canoe is sinking and he's trying to stay on top of the canoe because he knows he's going to fall in and get eaten. Yeah. And then the McCarthy, for some reason, they're not super close, but I guess he realizes the kid's going to go in. So he throws himself into the water and starts swimming over. Yeah. And they start eating him. And he uses himself as like a bridge for the kid. Oh, to pass the kid over to top pass of him the to kid, the canoe. Yeah, yeah, over top of himself. And of course, he ends up dying. Yeah. But that was really, I don't know. It was just, at first I was like, what What good is that going to do? Yeah. Is he just going to be a distraction? It was just weird. It was but noble. It was noble, Kind of redeeming I himself, I guess, yeah. for creating the monsters. Yeah, but it was, uh, it was a neat scene. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the raft gets to fall apart and they all get to, to walk on the logs or whatnot. And they get to shore just in time. Indeed. Yeah, you know, one of the things, and this is in a lot of movies, where something will happen and instead of running away from it, they go to it, towards mm-hmm. it. In a couple of the scenes where somebody gets pulled underwater and starts getting eaten, and then obviously is water and then the water turns red, blood all around yeah. it. And the other person goes, calls to him and goes, what's going on? And goes over to the blood. I'm like, no, I would be going away from that blood. I'd be swimming my ass off That's to get right. away from it. What can you possibly do yeah, at this point? Yeah, what are you going to do? You see where the person was, and then it's all red. What you going to do? Yeah. They're underwater. They're dead. And I don't want to help Duff along. 
Yeah. I love the scene too. There's so many little scenes in here that are just great. Yeah. The one where they're on uh at the the resort and the was it the general, the colonel or whatever it is, is out on the Oh, um, the army guy, yeah. Yeah. They're out on that little floating pontoon or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And all the people are trying to get on because the piranha are in the lake eating oh, yeah. them. And he keeps shoving them off because yeah. it'll only hold so many yeah. people. <laughs> Saving himself. Yeah, get off, get off. And, you know, he's the one trying to do the cover-up anyway. He's yeah. trying to make it so that nobody else knows what's going on. And part of it's because he has something to do with the resort. He's got he's money, got money in, in the it. resort. Yeah, it's like, ah, <laughs> it's not just a military cover-up. And always comes back to, to money. money. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, there's lots of weird little subplots in this that don't really matter. Yeah. But... It's like just that, was, add that doesn't really film. have anything. I mean, it could have been just the government trying to cover up right. the genetically modified fish. Yeah. It could have been just that could have been his only reason for being there, and it would have worked fine. And it would have nothing to do with the yeah. resort and would be fine, yeah. Or it could have been the government not wanting to cover it up. It's just something that they had left and forgot about, and this guy having money in the resort. It yeah. could have been just that, and it would have been fine. But yeah. having them both, it was like... It's a little too much for one. It seems like it was almost two characters they just put together. Yeah, you know. You know, one thing I diver- I didn't understand at all about that whole issue with the resort. Yeah. So, the military guy has money invested in the resort. The military guy knows that the piranha have been released into the river, and he knows yeah. that there is a bypass to their little trap for the piranha. Uh-huh. He knows that the piranha are getting around his trap. He knows they're going to be further down the river where they're having this grand opening where all these people yeah. are in the water. So he knows this. He knows all this is happening. He knows full well all these people are going to be attacked by piranha and that his money is on the line. Why didn't he clear out the water? I mean, it's going to do no good for him Yeah, for the people to get yeah, eaten. Yeah, what was he thinking? Oh, if we tell him that there's some danger, then you know, we'll lose money. And right. they won't come back. Or we'll lose money today. This grand opening, we'll lose all this money. Well, if they die, you're going you're mean, to lose money too. You're going to lose everything, not just yeah. today's money. I mean, you know, it's. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't get it. I uh, mean, and then, you know, um, Dick Miller's character, he gets a phone call, of course, from Bradford Dillman. Yeah. Telling him that they're a piranha. But he doesn't believe him. He doesn't believe him. And then. That the, makes, that I get. That, that makes sense. I get Awesome that. crank calling. Right, him. right. And he tells his assistant, Dick Miller tells his assistant, piranha you know like oh pshaw and then they go off and later i love that guy the the assistant comes <laughs> comes in and he interrupts him doing something i can't remember what and he says piranhas. what about the piranhas they're eating the guests sir great delivery on that yeah it was really good and dick miller's face huh you yeah know. it was so small that guy had yeah. like five lines in the whole movie but he was really good yeah he was good because he was just he was so flat hand, yeah, yeah. I don't think this is on YouTube, but it is available on DVD and I think Blu-ray on Amazon for under 20 bucks. Well worth it. Yeah. You know, you want a good summer, fun, fun summer kind of horror movie, get in the mood to go to the beach. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you can stream it from maybe Amazon or something. I mean, it's got to yeah, be prob- on the streaming It's probably somewhere. on Amazon Prime. I think I think it is. And of course, I know, like I said, just say, you, know, you can get it on DVD or Blu-ray for under 20 bucks. Definitely recommend it, especially if you like Roger Corman stuff. This has got to be in his, at least top 10, if not top 5 right. movies, which include Death Race 2000. <laughs> and um, 
humanoids from the deep. And this is another one of those, like I said at the beginning, going back to like childhood. Remember seeing it late at night, and it just kind of stuck with me all these years. And getting to watch it again a few years ago, bringing back those memories, and then seeing stuff I'd forgotten about, or you know, go, oh man, yeah, you know, and seeing stuff I completely forgot about. And so it's it's memories, and then it's new at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a lot of fun. That's, yeah. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of really really cool. Just individual scenes in this movie. Lots of neat effects. Yeah. I can't remember anything about the music, really. I remember just the sound. The music was good. I I don't remember anything being bad about the music. No, no. It was moody. I remember, you know, it was a nice little score. Do you know who did it? I cannot remember. I can't remember who did it either. Nothing stands out, but it was was a moody score that fit. Yeah, yeah. And whatever it was was appropriate. Oh, I know something I wanted to talk about uh, real quick. The titles at the beginning. Yeah. I really loved though when the title Piranha flashes up on the screen. It's almost like that comic book style font. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't it's not just a block letters. It's kind of a logo mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's moving like it's water, sort of. Yeah. And then it turns red and then dissipates into just into red blood, into water the water. Kinda, the blood yeah. in the water. That was really cool and very simple but effective. Yeah, almost set the pace that it was gonna be comic booky, mm-hmm. you know, type of not tongue in cheek, but more of okay, it's just gonna be a fun, you yeah. know, thrill popcorn. ride. Yeah, it's a popcorn know. ride. And it, it you know, it was a little more serious than that, but mm-hmm. it's still it's not high drama, you know. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> the cast in this, going back to those for a minute, there's a lot of good people in this who've done a lot of good work. But whose careers never quite got over that hump into the beyond B-lister. Yeah. Collectively, they did a lot of a lot of films. I mean, Keenan Wynn, my God, did tons of stuff. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy, you know, a lot of stuff. Dick Miller, everything. Bradford Dillman, eh, here and there. Heather Menzies, here and there, you know. But good cast for this movie, I think. Yeah. They didn't undercast the movie. You know what I mean? Like cast with people that were just... Okay, these are C-listers. They're just not very good. Like a lot of the direct-to-video stuff these days. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, these people can't act very way up paper bag. Or even a lot of the stuff that goes to Sci-Fi Channel. You know? <laughs> but they didn't overcast. Like, there's not nobody here who's like, God, what the hell are they doing in this movie? What's Edward G. Robinson doing in this movie? <laughs> it's not like that, you know? Right. It was perfect grade of casting for this nice little drive-in movie. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a great film. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's got some great scenes. Yeah. Good acting. Just all around well done. Should definitely check it out. The effects are simple but effective. Mm-hmm. And by today's standards, some people might, you know, a lot of people will probably look at it and go, oh, how, how cheesy that is. Mm-hmm. And I can look, I think I can look at stuff objectively, especially special effects. Mm-hmm. And a little cheesy, but it didn't look like, oh my God, that's so fake. You know it's going to be rubber fish. You know it's not going to be real fish. Yeah. So you've got that in your head already. Right. Knowing that and seeing what they did with it, I think it looks pretty good. Yeah. You yeah, know? I agree. So if you got to have that kind of frame of mind, I think, to enjoy it and not be put off by certain things about movies like this. You yeah, know? yeah. No, well done. Definitely check this movie out if you get a chance, especially this time of year is perfect for it. Easy to find, not hard to get a hold of. Uh, and we'll definitely, of course, check out the Phantasma After Dark Facebook page. Yep, put I'll some be pictures up. Putting a bunch of pictures up from it, a bunch of poster art. 
I love finding the different poster art, the alternate art or the foreign posters. I love mm-hmm. putting that stuff up. And of course I'll throw the trailer up there and anything else I can find. I, I think I saw on YouTube, there is a, some interviews. Oh, okay. Like maybe it might be off the extras disc, mm-hmm. the bonuses. Uh, I'll probably throw that up too okay. for the heck of it. Cool. Check out the Facebook page. Drop us a line on the Facebook page and uh, make a comment. Good, bad, indifferent. That'd be cool. Be nice. It's always cool to hear from people. Or you could drop us a line if you're so inclined to email at phantasmoadgmail.com. That's all one word, phantasmode at gmail.com. Indeed. Yeah. So I, think I think that's about it. That's about all I got for this. I mean, I could go on and you know gush over the my love of Corman. But <laughs> As we do. But we have one more thing to do. Yes, we do. The world revolves around Planet of the Apes, and we're here to prove it. Yes. All right, Rob. Yes. Because I don't think we have done Hit Barbara Steele before, let's do Barbara oh, Steele. Barbara Steele. Mm-hmm. There were many to choose from this, but I've yes. never gotten the chance to use Barbara Steele. Yes. Barbara Steele. Okay. Okay, Barbara Steele to Pit and the Pendulum with Vincent Price to Egghead on the Batman TV show to Roddy McDowell's <laughs> Bookworm to Planet of Deeps. We've done lots of short ones. <laughs> Every episode has been short. Well, that was easy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... Her body of work, I, yeah. That's you know, there's black. Well, everybody in this has done so much. Yeah, Black Sunday and and Pit and the Pendulum first two that come to mind. So mm-hmm. if I thought about, it, I could probably find, think of something else she's been in and then take a longer route to it. You know, because yeah. uh, that's always fun to do that. But, well, well done. Yes. Once again, you have proven the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's all I got. So. uh Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night.